COVID-19, oh, we need a vaccine at this moment. It means everything. Please wear your mask and stay six feet back. Total shutdown. COVID-19. From an appropriate social distance, it's Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, featuring journalist and talk show host, Carmen Angelo. And now, the Public Utilities Commissioners, Ted Klopp and Ken Dworsley. Ted, we're back for another edition of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, episode 23. And Ted, I am feeling... Quite excited this week, even though it wasn't the best week as President Trump got sick, and I guess we'll talk about the Trump ride here soon and all that stuff, but the Cleveland football team, which would be the Browns, big win this week against the Dallas Cowboys, Ted. I, I just have one thing to say about that, Ken. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Yeah! About them getting taken down. Well, you know, something else that happened, the president got sick, got covid and certainly we hope he's on the mend. He went for a ride on Sunday and waved at the people outside. It was kind of an interesting move. We have since put a microphone near where he is now in case he goes for another ride. In fact, wait a minute. I see, I think we have a, a camera. I think I see, I think he's taking another ride right now. Let's uh, let's turn up this, this microphone. Hold on. Oh, Oh, goodness. Huh. Well, that's that's a summary of our week, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. But coming up on our show, journalist Carmen Angelo is going to join us. He has a great story about how some research paid off for him when he was covering the John Demianyuk case. Of course, if you don't recall what the John Demianyuk case was, a big case here in Cleveland, a retired Seven Hills auto worker, He was accused of hiding and retiring there after allegedly or supposedly being Ivan the Terrible, a feared Nazi death camp guard. And Carmen covered part of that story and has an incredible story about that. And then, not to be outdone, in Klopp's Clips, we're going to tell you why some parrots had to be removed from a public display at a zoo. Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app 
or go to anchor.fm to get started. Blah 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 blah. Our guest this week has had a number of notable jobs and experience in his life. He was the bat boy for the Cleveland Indians at the old stadium in both 1986 and 1987. He was a radio newscaster, and among the stories he covered was the John Damiano case. We're going to talk about that. He's now the producer of the number one drive time radio talk show in Cleveland and a talk show host. He's also celebrating 27 years of sobriety. So let's talk with Carmen Angelo and Carmen, a former co-worker of mine. And I got to tell you, saying all those nice things about you was a little painful, Carmen. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Now, Absolutely. let's talk about radio news. How did you get started in radio news? Well, I've always been a huge fan of radio. Ever since I was, uh, gosh, three, four years old, I had to have the radio on when I went to bed. And I used to listen to a variety of talk shows. And I grew up listening to Pete Franklin. Obviously, Triv was a caller way back then as Mr. Know-it-all. And I became hooked and I used to listen to uh, the Indians games at night and I just fell in love with radio. And really, I had no aspirations of being a newscaster, which I was for the first 27 years of my career. I wanted to be a sportscaster. And I went to school and while I was in school, I got an internship at WMMS and WHK and... Uh, Jeff and Flash, who were a highly rated morning show on WMMS, as many recall, the Buzzard Morning Zoo, that's who I was interning with. When my internship ended, they decided to bring me on board, and I became essentially uh, Flash's news writer. I wrote all of his copy for his top and bottom of the hour newscast, and I'm still going at it, which is an absolute miracle in today's day and age, and certainly with the changes in our industry. So we have Jeff and Flash to blame for this? Yes, Jeff and Flesh, you can blame them. But I hit it off with those guys on day number one. But look, I didn't have to move to, you know, rural Ohio or some small town in Kansas to get my first gig like Ted, you know, so many of us have to do. Mm-hmm. Carmen, congrats on all your success and being in, doing this as long as you have. Now, as part of that, you have experienced many different stories. I know one that comes up a lot that Ted and I have talked about is certainly the case of John Dibnamnia. Can you give us a brief synopsis of the case and the parts that you covered? John was accused of being Ivan the Terrible, and for years there were um, efforts to strip him of his U.S. citizenship. John uh, left Europe and came to the States, and he settled in Seven Hills, Ohio, and he was an auto worker. And he put in a career, uh, you know, a, a fine career as an auto worker, and they came from overseas to charge him with being Ivan the Terrible. And he was believed to be uh, the notorious death camp guard from uh, Treblinka. And he was tried in Israel and he was convicted in 1986. And he spent seven years in prison in Israel before the Israeli Supreme Court overturned his conviction and basically sent uh, John back to the States. Just an incredible, tragic, sad story all the way around. Now, Netflix recently produced a pretty amazing five-part miniseries that looked back at the case called The Devil Next Door. I watched now, one it. part that they did not cover 
was a situation that you kind of covered exclusively. Can you tell that story about the exclusive story that you got as part of that whole case and all that? Well, once he had his conviction overturned, and we've got to uh, add former Congressman Jim Trafficking to this story. Congressman Trafficking vehemently fought for John Demianyuk's release from prison. And ultimately, uh, we saw what happened. His conviction was overturned, and he was brought back home. Well, in September of 1993, John was uh, on a, he was leaving Israel on a commercial aircraft, and he was to land at JFK before coming back to Cleveland. Well, my job that day, to try and find them and see if I could get an interview somehow with them. Well, I knew that once he got to JFK, he was going to get on a small plane. I figured he would not fly commercial. And if he wasn't flying commercial, he wasn't going to land at Hopkins. And I also reasoned that he wasn't going to land at Burke because media from all over the globe was here and they were all stationed at Hopkins and Burke. And I said, no, that's not going to happen. And about four in the morning, I just started calling all the sheriff's departments in the seven county area. And I got this young lady on the phone and I identified myself and I asked her if, if they had uh, any small airstrips in their county. And she said, yes, as a matter of fact, we do. We've got one and it's right off 71, I-71. And I asked, well, what, what's the name of it? And she said, it's called Freedom Field. I said, you know, I'm just going to go down to Freedom Field. What the heck? I mean, this guy just spent seven years in an Israeli prison and, you know, he's regained his freedom. I get to Freedom Field and I pull in this parking lot and it's a gravel parking lot. So I'm sitting there for about 10 minutes and then I look up and I see a plane starting to come down and this guy in this Lincoln, he takes off through this gate and there are four airplane mechanics that open this door for him to drive through. And I'm like, oh my God, I could be onto something here. So I'm about 150 yards away from that gate. So I start running and I got to the gate and the guys physically stopped me. And I kind of knew right there that it was Demyanyuk. So the plane lands, the car drives up to the plane. Um, Big John gets out first, then Little John, and then Congressman Trafficant. And Little John and Big John get in the car and they start speeding toward me. And that car drove by me probably going 35, 40 miles an hour. So I asked these mechanics, I'm like, come on, man. At least let me go talk to the congressman. So they're like, okay, go ahead. I'm running toward him and he sees me and he's just shaking his head. And I get up to him. I can't breathe. I was like Edward Moses or OJ running through the airport in the Hertz commercials. And, you know, Mr. Trafficant was very eloquent to diplomatically say. Yeah, that's one way to describe it. He said, who bleeping told you? And I said, nobody. And I was gasping for air. I couldn't breathe. And he's like, no, tell me who told you. And I said, Congressman, it was dumb luck. I said, I just got lucky. I called the sheriff's department. I gave him a brief outline of what I did. And finally, he's like, all right, good job. He said, get your bleepity bleep tape rolling. So I talked to him for about 10 minutes. That was kind of like my big break in the business. Carmen, what a great story that is. I guess one last question about the whole situation. What are your thoughts on Dimnyanyuk? Is he guilty, innocent? What do you think? I don't want to blow the question off, 
I don't know. I don't know. It's a great answer. Many people don't. No one does. There's so much controversy about the ID card. And I don't know if John Demyanyuk was Ivan the Terrible. He, he very well could have been. But there's also that chance he was not. So, I mean, the best answer I can give you is I really don't know. Carmen, one thing that was mentioned at the beginning of before we talked to you is uh, you were the bat boy for the Indians. How, how did something like that happen for you? That had to be amazing. My brother came up to my room one Sunday morning, my older brother, and he said, hey, the Indians are having a bat boy uh, contest. Write a 500-word essay, mail it in, maybe you can win. And if you do, I'll buy you a car. So I said, okay. And unbeknownst to Ted, or maybe he does know uh, and certainly doesn't believe it, but I've got the ability to write fairly well and creatively. So I wrote an essay, you know, approaching 500 words. And Now let me ask you a question, Carmen. Yes. When you write an essay that's 500 words, it can't be the same word 500 times. Is that what you did? No, it wasn't the same word 500 times. It was, um, I was a modern-day Billy Shakespeare, and what I wrote was riveting and captivating. Long story short, I ended up beating out about 5,000 kids, 25 of which were called down for two different rounds of interviews at the old pewter mug at the stadium. Uh, we were interviewed by some members of the Cleveland Indians administrative staff and also Chuck Heaton and a couple of other representatives from the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And I ended up winning. By the way, my brother didn't buy me the car. He joined the Air Force. But it ended up being uh, the greatest job you could have as a 17- and 18-year-old kid. That's cool. That is awesome. I have given you a lot of grief, but I have to mention something that we talked about in the intro here. And to be serious for a minute, congratulations on 27 years of sobriety. Thank you so much. You're yes. welcome. Was there a certain event that pushed you to, today's the day, I'm done. And then what have you done to maintain that sobriety in case there are folks listening who might be in the same shoes that you were in 27 years ago? The last time I woke up incredibly hungover, actually I was still drunk. It was my rock bottom, but there was a string of events that had occurred probably the last 18 months of my uh, drinking career, so to speak, and it had gotten out of control. I was basically living out of the state store at the Fairview Shopping Center, and you know I was buying um, wild turkey uh, by the gallon or Jim Beam, and I was basically killing myself, and I did have an incident the last night I drank, which ended up sending me to the hospital for a busted up hand. But no pun intended, what was really sobering was um, in the ER, the doc on uh, duty took a look at me and he basically said, uh, I need a blood draw, homie. And I'm thinking to myself, my hand's shattered. Why does he need to take blood? Well, he saw something that uh, was kind of a red flag and they did some blood work and he came back about 20 minutes later and he basically uh, asked me if uh, I was a daily drinker. And I said, yes. And he had asked me how much I, uh, I drank and, you know, it raised his eyebrows. And he basically told me, I was 24 at the time. And he basically told me, if you want to live to see 30, you better stop right now. So that kind of like created a seismic shift in my life at that moment. So uh, I came home from uh, the hospital and, I called up a friend that was in the program and, you know, I started the path. I started working the steps and, you know, what I do to keep sober, um, I, I'd like to give back. I do work with a lot of kids and it's under the radar. I never really broadcast it, but I work with a lot of kids that, you know, are in their mid-teens to maybe their early 30s 
and try and help them if they reach out to me. And uh, that's what helps continually keep me sober today. You know, I mean, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery. I just got the present by working with them. It's a two-way street. I'm helping them stay sober a day at a time and they're returning the favor and I'm staying sober a day at a time. Uh, Carmen, that's outstanding. What a great story. Oh, and by the way, I do want to add this caveat. A couple of the guys in my uh, circle of friends are um, Jesuit educated. So we all get along great. (laughs) Absolutely. We are there for each other 100% of the way, you know. 100%. Well, one one final question I know, and I'm not sure if Ted has anything else, but you have three daughters and now a younger son as well. I know you're a huge St. Ed's guy, as we talked about before. How exciting is it to have a boy in the family? I love all my children equally. But I'm not the, the Teletubby and Barbie doll kind of guy. I did play uh, Barbies with my daughters. Having a son, it's it's pretty unique. I was just at St. Ed's watching him play football today. And he had a great game against St. Ambrose. And his St. Mark's team won. And, you know, it's just pride, you know, being a dad and seeing your kid going out there and balling and, and making a difference for his team. It's, it's awesome. It, it truly cool. is awesome. And I love all my children. But uh, my son and I can relate a little bit more than I can with my daughters because our interests are vastly different. All right, Carmen. Well, we do like to have our guests stick around and play a little game time with us, a little trivia. Can we get you to do that? Absolutely. Fantasy. Football. Well, we've reached the quarter pole for the NFL season, so we thought it would be a great time to bring back the fantasy football champion from our league last year that we have talked to previously. Eowyn Adams is with us, and we're going to take a look at how things are going in our league, and Eowyn is going to give us a few suggestions on guys to pick up for this week. Is that about it, Eowyn? That's about it, Ted. <clears throat> Excuse me, Chancellor Klopp, please. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Miss, Mr. Chance. Chancellor. You Not could also refer to me as Your Excellency. That would be all right. <laughs> all knowing. Yes. Chancellor yes. Klopp. I don't know if anybody could hear it in the background, but my wife, Erica, just choked. So, anyhow. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's take a look at. The way things sit in our league right now, we have four teams at three and one, then a glut of teams at two and two, a couple teams at one and three, and there's only one winless team, 0 and four, and that is a former guest here on our podcast, Mark Schwab from Channel 19, still looking for win number one. But is it surprising, Aowen, that we're still, a lot of teams still bunched up here at this point? It's not surprising to me because, let's face it, this year's NFL season and for sure fantasy football season is very different from years past. I mean, so many injuries, right? And then you have also have uh, COVID coming into the mix now. So not surprising that it's really a roller coaster for a lot of the owners. Now, I would ordinarily give you a hard time because as the defending champion, you're not in first place. but you're only a game back, so everybody's still kind of in contention right now. I mean, even even Schwab, if he 
figured things out, could still make a run for it here. So there's nobody who's really eliminated. It's still anybody's, uh, anybody's chance to make the playoffs here. So let's uh, – were there any players that uh, stood out to you last week or any uh, uh, ro roster moves that you'd suggest here for the fantasy owners who are <clears throat> glued to their podcasts to see what two middle-aged men in Cleveland are going to recommend? Or I guess it's two middle-aged men and one nice young lady maybe in this <laughs> segment. I don't know. Hopefully I'm not quite middle-aged, Ted. But no, I said nice there. young lady. And, and once again – I, I'm sorry, Chancellor Klopp. <laughs> I'll okay. try to get that right for next okay. time. Okay. Okay. All right. So what, <laughs> um, what do you have for us? Anybody stand out this past week, or you have any roster moves you'd suggest? Well, again, Ted, it, it is kind of a roller coaster, Wait right? Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. <laughs> We're going to hook up a shock stick if we have to. <laughs> Chancellor Klopp. CK. Or you could just say, Your Excellency. That would be all right, too. I think I mentioned that. Or dude. How about dude? Uh, no, nah, dude doesn't have the same regal sound as Chancellor Klopp or, or any of these others. So you want to try that again here? You want to address me again there, uh, Eowyn? All right, CK. How about that? <laughs> I guess we'll allow that. Go ahead. All right, so, so as we all know, right, in the Cleveland area, we know that the Browns lost Nick Chubb for four to six weeks. So obviously, Kareem Hunt, I mean, he's going to be getting a lot of carries. But another pickup I would suggest is to look at Dearness Johnson. He actually had some action in, in the game on Sunday, and I anticipate he'll, he'll probably have some more carries this week as well. He did have close to 100 yards, so it was a good performance for him against the Cowboys. Another player I would look at is Tim Patrick from Denver uh, in the wide receiver position. He had a great game last week. He caught six of seven passes, and he had over 100 yards and one touchdown. He's definitely going to be targeted uh, a lot more because of the injuries to Portland Sutton, as well as they have that great tight end, Noah Fant, but he's questionable for right now. Finally, the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, how good do they look, right? I mean, Russell Wilson is having a MVP season. They've had a breakout receiver in David Moore, so he's one I would look at. He had four targets last week for 95 yards and one touchdown, so definitely look at him if he's available in your league. All right. Well, some, some interesting names there. So uh, Ken and I will uh, hop in in the waiver order and claim those guys before you can get them, and we'll be all set. Well, I think you both have better records than I, so uh, oh. well, <laughs> I, guess that's the I think I might have a better shot at those players. But uh. I have a quick question. So this week in the matchups, I had a chance to look at the schedule, and I noticed the Polish Cripplers are playing Ruse Warriors. No, so, no. Ruse Warriors is my other team. My team in our league is Great Expectations. Well, you have so many teams, I can't keep up. I'm going to be honest with you. It's too hard to figure out. So my question for you, are we going to be able to watch the games in the same room, or might I have to go back in the basement? We may need to That's split up. Answer. Do we want no. to make a wager right here, right now? Yeah. Yes. Okay. What's your least favorite chore around the house, Ken? My least favorite chore? Yeah, least favorite chore. I mean, I guess cleaning bathrooms. All right, so if you lose, you have to clean a bathroom? Sure. Okay, Eowyn, what's your least favorite chore around the house? See, I really like cleaning, and I'm not, I'm not kidding about that. I really do enjoy cleaning. Um, By the way, my wife says you can stop over anytime. <laughs> if you want to get some cleaning in. 
I guess yard work. So yard I would work. say oh. Ken, Ken's yeah. got to make sure the leaves are taken care of i'm not i don't i don't really like yard work very much all right so so if you lose aowen then you have to rake leaves yep i guess that's how it's going to be i think Ooh. it's only fitting that whoever loses we post a picture on the two middle-aged men in cleveland facebook and twitter of the loser doing their, their the job that they have to do if they lose can we do that all right, that's a deal. We can figure that out. Yeah. Okay. We can figure that out. Good thing we checked in this week. We have some waiver people to look at and a, a wager that I can't wait to see who wins. Somebody will be rubbing somebody's nose in the dirt here, which I can't wait to to hear. I bet well, you can, because you know it's going to be me. My team's going to completely tank because I can't figure out which players to play every week. I leave at least thirty or forty points on the bench every week. Ken, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna mute Aowen for a second here. Ken, if you want to do a one week trade on any players that I have, <laughs> let me know. No, that's collusion. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Could you hear me? I'm sorry. Wait a minute. This equipment's not working correctly here. All right. Well, Aowen, champion from last year. Thank you very much for your input on our fantasy football segment. And Ken, <clears throat> good luck. Ted Klopp here for Westminster AV, offering custom audio-visual packages for all occasions, including business meetings, weddings, graduations, banquets, and more. So if you're looking to transform an in-person event to virtual, Westminster AV has a variety of solutions for you. Pharmaceutical companies hosting dinner events can find plenty of professional support from Westminster AV. No event too big nor too small. More information can be found by going to westminsterav.com or give them a call 216-325-6960. All right, we're back with uh, Carmen Angelo from WTAM, and we're going to play one of our favorite games, Who Am I? Basically, the way this works is I will give you five clues, and you're competing against Ted, and at the end you, of these five clues, it will help you answer this famous Cleveland person, place, or thing. Okay? Any okay, questions? Right. No. Good? All right. I'm, I'm fighting for wildcat pride here, Ken. Wild, wildcats versus eagles. Here we go. Yeah. Clue number one. This person was born in Willoughby, Ohio, and attended Bowling Green State University. Now, I must tell you, at the end, I also have multiple choice. So right. once you have an answer, you can answer right away and, say, and just blurt it out. Right. Or you can wait till the end after the five clues and you can do the multiple choice. So that's the first clue. This person was born in Willoughby, Ohio, and attended Bowling Green State University. Next clue, after serving in the U.S. Army, this person worked for NBC and CBS in Cleveland. Um, uh, Tom Conway. Tim Conway? Well, his real name, his given name is Tom Conway. That's he correct. went by Tim Conway professionally. You are correct. Ted, this might be the fastest we've ever had. Well, this is painful I? to admit. Not and only did he beat me to the punch, but that's the quickest we've ever had anybody get that. See, you know, Ted, Ted thinks I am a meathead. I am an educated meathead. I'm an intellectual. I, I can appeal to all demographics. And I just, I just smoked Ted on your game. Yes, you did. See yes, the C? Ken, 
You're going to have to brothers, finish because I'm a little ill. Brothers of the gonna, Holy Cross, okay? <laughs> that's where those smart jumps from. And I even said his name was Tom Conway. I know. That's, that's impressive. Yes, yes, that's impressive. So is that the, that's the end of the game? That's the end of the game. That's it. That's it. You won. We're, you're you know the winner. Send you? What? A, we're going to send you a, a, a St. Ignatius letter jacket. Oh, no. You – no, there was one day, the 25 to 2 game, and I entered the radio station. And well, we played San Ignatius, and we were coming off a huge victory the previous year over them. And we returned everybody. We probably lost two starters, and our team was stacked. And it was the exact same kids on the field. And we were a huge favorite, and Ignatius beat us in Byers 25 to 2. And when I got to work that afternoon, I was working 3 to 11. I walk up to the door and pasted on the door is 25-2. I walk to the elevator. I hit the elevator button. The door opens. On the wall in the elevator is 25-2. I go straight up to the fourth floor. As soon as the elevator door opens, on the wall is 25-2. I walk toward the door to enter the newsroom, and 25-2 is on the door. I open the door. I walk into the radio station, and over the loudspeaker is – playing the song the safety dance oh my okay? gosh oh my when i was immediately summoned to the studio where trib was on the air and i was greeted by all of my co-workers wearing saint ignatius gear that ted had procured over the years there were about 10 of them wearing you know wildcat stuff and i was handed i was handed a bouquet of flowers from the saint ignatius mothers club Blue and gold flowers, if I recall correctly. Oh my God. Yeah, they were. You got blue flowers. I don't know how you managed to do that. That's so Yeah, blue that and gold was, flowers. I have to give credit. That was a Mr. Matheny call. Oh, God, God rest his soul. Yeah. Mr. Matheny, Howard Stern's old, old boss, Kevin Matheny. Yep. Great man. But I took it in stride. We lost, and I handled myself very professionally and in a very classy manner. And, you know, I mean, I survived. Absolutely. There was a picture taken of Carmen. Now, Carmen is allergic to flowers. Oh, hor horrific. So he comes in, and they put this in front of him, and so his allergies are going, and he is just whatever the worst mood you can oh, imagine, no. that's the mood he's in. It looks like his next move is going to be to lay down in front of a semi and say, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, I remember the look on my face in that picture. It, was, it looked like I had lost my, my best friend, truly. <laughs> but uh, it was tremendous. I gave... St. Ignatius gear strategically to every person that he was going to come in contact with. So he, he did the news on MMS. I yeah, gave the yeah. afternoon folks on MMS some Ignatius gear. It was tremendous. That's classic. On the bathroom door at the coffee maker, because I, I drink it. a lot of coffee since I'm sober. <laughs> yeah. That's oh. The most trusted name in journalism. Clops Clips. Here we go with this week's collection of the real news that you really need to pay attention to, Ken. We're going to start with a woman at a Hampton Inn in Orange, Ohio. That's a city, not a color. This woman told police she met a man in the parking lot of the hotel and invited him up to her room. There, the man became very drunk, so she asked him to leave. They argued. He apparently punched her in the face, so she hit him with a lamp. Oh. 
She had 200 bucks. That's when he took off with $200 that she had. A short time later, he showed up at the front desk of the hotel saying he left his iPhone in the room and needed to get back in. Well, the desk clerk refused, and when police arrived, they found the hotel room doorknob broken and on the floor. Apparently, the guy tried to get into the room. So what did cops do? Well, they used the guy's iPhone to ID him and catch him. Here's a word to the wise. Heavy drinking is never good sometimes. And also, when you leave a situation that certainly wasn't a pleasant situation, take all your belongings with you. Mm-hmm. In Pennsylvania, a bear hopped on top of a garbage truck and rode along. Whoa. I say again, a bear hopped on top of a garbage truck and rode along. Sanitation workers spotted the unwanted hitchhiker, drove to a police station in Kidder Township. The truck was able to back up to a tree where the bear climbed down on its own. Why would you drive to the police station? What is that going to do? Maybe they were going to arrest the bear. I don't know. I don't understand that. Yeah. I would just go to a tree. I don't understand why they had to go to the police yeah. station. Well, maybe maybe there was a ladder on the tree. For the Arrest bear. that bear! Get him out of there! He's jumping on my truck! Sicko! Apparently, these sanitation workers barely noticed him. Oh, boy. A UK man is trying some unique ways to get his wife to speak to him again. He says his wife is not speaking to him right now, so... In a series of TikTok videos, he has turned off the water to the toilet. He has flipped around the batteries in the television remote. <laughs> he has unscrewed light bulbs. He has put kitchen pans on the highest shelf out of the reach of his five foot two wife. And he has changed the TV language to Spanish. <laughs> I think that's great. This is all in hopes that she will need to ask him for help. He currently has more than 13 million views on TikTok, but there is no word yet if his plan has worked. I mean, whatever it takes, I guess, to, to have your wife talk to you. But I don't know how that well that would go over in many places doing those sort of things. If I started doing that to my wife, I think the only two words I'd hear she would talk to me again long yes. enough for me for her to tell me, get out. <laughs> get out. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think President Trump is going for another ride. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, all right. Five parrots at the Lincolnshire Wildlife Park in the UK have been removed from public view for spewing obscenities at visitors. The park received the parrots in August and quarantined them together. Workers noticed that the birds cursed a lot, but thought it would subside when they were put on display. The birds did not stop with their potty mouths. In fact, it only took about 20 minutes for them to swear at a visitor. The group of customers found the birds vocabulary amusing, but the employees decided to pull the parrots from the exhibit in case children are visiting, they're going to be split up into different sections of the park to see if that helps. I just think that might be one of the best stories you've had. I am just envisioning these birds at the zoo. Let's just say if I'm at the Cleveland Zoo or something like that, and I'm there with my kids, and I hear some bird bleepity bleep to you. I don't know. There's a sick part of me that just finds that extremely hilarious. 
There's just one thing I have to say about it. It's a bunch of <clears throat> And that is a good place to end this week's collection of Klopp's Clips. I made a pencil with two erasers. It was pointless. That joke was horrible. Ted, the time has come once again to close out another edition of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, episode 23. Can you believe the stories from Carmen Angelo? That guy, amazing. unbelievable. That John Dimnonyuk story that he has is just unreal. The guy does some research takes a shot, gets lucky on where he winds up. Credit to him. Obviously, credit to him for uh, his sobriety. And he was able to write an essay and win an Indian's, be the Indian's bat boy. I'm just yeah. amazed Carmen could write an essay. Which, <laughs> Poor Carmen. That was possible. <laughs> did you enjoy what I did to him the year that St. Ignatius beat St. Ed's 25-2? to two? My gosh, can it be any more brutal to a person? Now, did he ever return the favor to you? Was there ever a time that you lost a bet to him and you had to do something similar? No, I don't oh. think Ed's ever beat us when I was there. If they did, I think he tried to be the, I'm going to be the classy guy and take the high road and blah, 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 blah. And maybe I wasn't the classy guy, but it was worth it. Absolutely not. That's classic. Hilarious. Well, we have some Facebook likes this week, Ken. Who do we have? John Vargo, Mary Therese, Missy Trapp, Sibinar, Becky Hop, and Russell McAllister. Ted, you also can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is uh, 2MAMICLE, and Twitter is at 2MAMICLE as well. How about a voicemail? If someone wants to leave us a voicemail, how do they do that? Sure, just go to anchor.fm slash 2MAMICLE. Use the link, the little plus sign with the word message there, and you can leave us a message that we will play back on a future episode. Ted, completely outstanding. What a week. Everything with the president and all that. But once again, my excitement level is so high from a great Cleveland Browns victory. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! How about them? Yeah. Took them down. Love it. Well, next week on the show, we're going to talk to former Cleveland sports anchor turned media company CEO, Lauren Brill. She's got some interesting things that she's working on now with that media company of hers. And so we're going to talk to her about it next week. That'll be a great interview. Great young lady. And on that note, Ken, who are we? We're two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.